I mean, I think I'm going to start the episode off with butt liquor. What's <laughs> up, everybody? Welcome back to Forfeit. We've got butt liquor, myself, Metal Matt, Big John Stud, J Lo, Power Bill. What's up, fellas? Yeah, I'm good at my butt liquor. Is everybody, is everybody stoked tonight? Yeah, I mean, you know, if everybody's writing apology letters, I mean, the only one that um, seems like has been able to so far magoo his way out of any sort of um, apologies for any of the slander he has been spewing on here is one Mr. Mathers. Like, if I didn't know any better, I'd say he was dipped in Teflon by God himself. Wow. Um, just to just to tee up and add to what I, I think Jesse's getting at, um, we we have a we have a um a Google Doc here at Forfeit Podcast. It's an open forum. It's kind of like an idea tank for you know future topics. Um, and before before we got on here to record, you know, and and meet for the uh, the episode tonight, I. I always take a gander at the, at the topics and see if any of them jump out at me to, you know, possibly touch on, you know, on top of the obvious, you know, news and whatnot, what have yous that, you know, everyone knows we're probably going to cover. One of, to cut this short, one of the topics that jumped out at me was, are the Phillies the worst franchise in the MLB? <laughs> I mean... And was that was that written by you? I think, I think, I think, I think we know who this was written by. I want I, I want to assume I know who who wrote this this topic. Um, it could have been any one of the four of us at any given point up until a certain time in this season. Um, but I bring that up because like. I think it's a nice way to kind of like segue into like the success that we've been seeing and the ride that we've this crazy roller coaster that we've been on over the past two and a half, three weeks. Um, and, you know, I, I feel like here at Forfeit Podcast, we're, we're, we're going to eat a lot of crow about the Phillies here. Um, Are we? Went, went back a few episodes. The, the way that we've the way that we've um, brought them up and 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 talked about them, it, it you know at times we've we've cast them aside as sort of like a throwaway type of topic to talk about, um, but now you know they've given us this unbelievable celebration again um, that's kind of come out of nowhere and I think it's the it's kind of hit us at at, at the right time. Um, at, for a city that has been in some, you know, tumultuous times. I'm not saying that Philadelphia is the only one that's kind of, you know, gone down a dark path here within the last year or so. But, you know, crime is definitely not good. Uh, people don't really want to, you know, venture into Philadelphia. Um, there's a lot of weird, crazy stuff happening. And I feel like the Phillies, it, you know, um, you know, on top of on top of the Eagles' success, obviously, but the Phillies, I think, is just it's like it it it, it helps solidify and define that that underdog mentality that Philadelphia has kind of embraced. 
um, you know, especially for its sports teams. Um, and, you know, through hard work and perseverance and, and sacrifice, I think they're showing what, you know, a, a team can do, um, you know, by coming together and sacrificing things on the field um, and just really coming together and bonding as a team and, um, and, and, and embracing each other, embracing their, you know, interim manager who's not interim anymore, obviously. But I, I feel like, you know, this season probably could have went the other way so easily and they didn't give up. And now we're seeing, you know, um, the fruits of that labor, um, you know, World Series. I mean, doesn't get any better than that besides winning it. But, you know, I, I don't know. I mean, I saw this topic in the in the in the Google Doc and I was like, wow, um, I think I think we owe them, we owe them an apology. I think someone should should uh, tell us who, who put that in there. Because I don't think it was Butt Licker who put it in there. I mean, Butt Licker. Butt Licker put it in there. It wasn't me. The fifth member. The fifth member of Forfeit. I don't that asshole. I don't think it was me. That was totally Jesse. I mean, we're we're still we're we're still talking about the one member of our group that has slandered certain people. And, you know, he's not big. He's never does anything big. He's never made it to the playoffs. He's not this. He's not that. He's not this. I mean, now Harper's so you're segueing now, from Phillies as a whole to one Alan. Bryce Harper who, uh, who I thought we were talking about Allen Iverson. Yeah, yeah. Uh, oh, <laughs> yeah. oh yeah, yeah, yeah. Now, yeah, who, who you know has been like, all right, must be listening to our podcast and is like, you know what? Fuck that guy. Fuck that guy. I'm gonna fucking show him. And he's batting what four nineteen for the playoffs so far. Has broken every Phillies record for extra base hits in the playoffs. I think he's one home run away from one or two home runs away from um, breaking that record for the playoffs. And he's, you know, helped carry him to 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 World Series. Like, and while I think it's going to be a, a tough, you know, this is going to be a tough team. Like, he's been playing great. He's been he's been playing absolutely great. He's, you know, doing everything that people expected of him and hoped that he would do when when he signed here. So, yeah. Well, the one thing I've learned on this podcast is that, well, even even though you may be very great and you Hall of Fame caliber and won playoff games, I guess the I guess the parade on the broad street is really the the stake, the claim, the the. The flag that we're going to plant here for greatness. Um, we've discussed well, that a lot. Are we, talking, on this are we talking about Allen Iverson now? Well, no, I, no, I, no, we're not. No, I wasn't. I I, well, I wasn't sure because I mean, like, we talk a lot about guys who are really good and played really great. And listen, listen, this is. I know. I know. Jess is going to get a boner on this. I hope he's sitting down. Congratulations, Bryce Harper. Congratulations. You've been playing really well. Respect. Respect. No, show us that ink. Show us that number. Show us that number three on your arm. Respect. Yeah, respect. It could be for Iverson. It could be for Bryce. We're going to say it's for Bryce. Oh, well, hey, listen. I mean, the, the one thing we talk about here, you know, we, we – I, I don't want to make a comparison. But, again, like, th- there's a Hall of Fame caliber player, got his team to the to the finals, didn't get it – didn't didn't 
didn't work. We'll see. Not making the comparison. I'm just saying, like, well, and he's not the only one, right? I mean, there's a, there's, lot, of there's a lot of guys. Yeah, no. we can. I mean, we can, we can name numerous Philadelphia athletes that have done that. I think. Listen, what he's doing is admirable. Um, I I think that. I don't think any. I I don't think a lot of people, big no. fans of the Phillies, are surprised that he's doing this. That's what they brought him here to do. So uh, speaking speaking of not to cut you off real quick, I just and we could go back to this. You can finish your thought, but I didn't. I don't want to lose this. When I was watching the the this this Phillies team, you know, throughout the postseason, I, the two thousand one Sixers came into my mind. And and they came into my mind for a few different reasons. One, there's this, there's a strikingly like odd comparison between the two number threes, right? Iverson and Harper, where they were in their careers, how they were being like you know personified and whatnot. And I think they're both kind of like laddering up to each other at this point in a in a scary similar way. Um, but then you look at the cast, the characters that each of these teams had now. And I'm, and I'm not saying I'm like, let's compare baseball to basketball. I'm not saying that, but I'm saying who, who picked the Sixers in 2001 to make it to the finals and, and, and even win a game against Kobe and Shaq, like the juggernaut of like the two thousands, you know, no one, they kind of came out of nowhere and look at what the, and it's like the Phillies came out of nowhere. Like no one, no one saw this coming. I don't care who you are, but and, and I mean that's true. But like after they fired Girardi, they had the third best record in baseball for the rest of the year. After that point, they were the third best team in baseball. So well, it's like, like the when, Sixers made the trade for Dikembe, and then after that they went on this. They went on their a run. huge run. Yeah. Okay. Well, yeah, because like I I remember watching the Sixers back then, mm-hmm. but I you know if you if you were like gone to my head like. Yeah, what, I mean, it's it, not apples. Know, it's seed not, were they, it's like. not apples to apples, but I just it just that team popped in my head because I was like, there, there's a team that like no one at the beginning of that year. Now the only other thing I remember from that year is that they started like twelve and zero or something. It was some they went on some ridiculous run in the beginning of the season, but then after that it was just like oh yeah you know they got hot you know it's but no one picked them to really do anything. It was always, it was like the Bucks where the Raptors were like the hot team, and we snubbed both of them, you know, from the greatness the, uh, of Iverson. I mean, the guy played out of his mind, like in those two series. The, like the funny thing that I saw on Twitter the other day was like the comparisons people were doing between um, the Eagles run, and I mean it was a, it was mainly you know tongue in cheek, but it was like Patriots team with cheating allegations and a dark cloud over them that everybody fucking hates Philly underdog team now the rest of the country's like oh fuck we have to root for these guys all right cool go Phils and it's the same thing over again right like nobody wanted the Patriots to win that Super Bowl except for a bunch of idiots in fucking Massachusetts shout Shout out out to any of our listeners shout out to Massachusetts yeah. Apologies to all of our, our faithful listeners up in the uh your cousin from Boston. 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 <laughs> Merlander's going game one for the Strohs. Uh he's right yeah, to I saw that. He's yeah. right to get fucking a six spot put up on the first. And like the the one thing I saw is 
um, the Phillies are like the best team in baseball with when it comes to hitting fastballs. And Astros throw a shit ton of fastballs, so it's going to be a um, strength on strength. Yeah, and I mean it's really for the Phillies. It's going to be the same thing that they did with the the Padres. You know, Soto and Machado. You know, we're not we're going to do whatever we can to keep men off base when you're up. And if you if you pop a you know a solo shot, good for you. You're still going to lose. We're we're still going to win the game. So. You know, I'm sure. What are the walls? The what do the walls look like in Minute Maid Park? What are we looking at? It's a, it's, a, it's a. I think it's a bandbox. Let me. Oh yeah, it's got short porches and le- and right and then right. It's like Fenway. It's short, but you got to hit it high because they got the brick walls, <laughs> the layered stands in there. It's short, but you got to hit it high. It's like Fenway kind of dimensions. Center's I've, deep. I have a I have a question for you all. Shoot. If you were if you were at the game, and you you caught or, or I, I guess found, uh, no one really caught the ball. Kind of goes in the stands <laughs> and rolls around, never goes crazy. If you yeah. were actually able to come away with the ball, would you keep it or would you sell it? Which would, which ball? Which ball? The Harper Bryce Harper home run. The Bryce Harper ball. Yeah, I would I would probably offer to give it to Bryce first. You would offer to give it to Bryce? Yes. Yeah, I'd be like, hey, bro, here's the ball back. Could I maybe get like um, maybe a mill? Like, well, no, I'd be like, dude, can I? I wouldn't want to. I wouldn't you can spare one. I wouldn't want to fuck with the vibes. I'd be like, can you help me get some World Series tickets and maybe like a, you know, a team signed jersey? And he'd be like, cool, cool, bro. Got you. I'd, I'd, still, ask for, I'd still ask for the mill and I'd settle <laughs> for the tickets. But like, I wouldn't want to fuck with the vibe. Oh, wow. I'm, I'm 75k cash. Here's your money. <laughs> Here's your ball. Like, Give me the money. <laughs> Where's uh, the closest ATM? <laughs> listen, ask the mouth now. Listen, what just? It's. it's I mean, I, I got the 300 million. You can break me off 80k for a fucking baseball. You know, you can like, break off a mill too. Not, I mean, yeah, I asking for your firstborn here, Bryce. You know, you spend more than that. Probably, you know, you spend that in you know in a month on your fanatic cleats. True. Who pays for Bryce or the Phillies? I'm sure Under Armour. Yeah. Whoever no. makes them is it I'm Under sure Armour cleat? Is it an Under Armour cleat? Yeah. Yeah, he's. I think he's Under Armour. Fanatic getting massive love, like by the national media. Well, they're trying to kind of. Well, they're selling the World Series because it's not. I mean, Phillies have a good following, but baseball typically is not like the you know the Yankees, Dodgers, Cubs doesn't do super great. Like right. It's a regional sport. So, yep. and, but Philly has a good, pretty good national following. Houston, not so much, but I think they're trying to probably try to just try to know, cheat their way back. <laughs> and also, <laughs> not, I mean, Houston's two, three years away from there. All that, all their stink. I mean, you know, they're not like go rah rah, go Astros. You know, I think I think we should have maybe for the first time, barring anything crazy, I think we should have most of the country rooting for us who were like oh, absolutely, like who were like. My buddies out. I don't know if I, I don't know if I like that. All texting like you know you know go you know go fills you know you know you know just fighting. So it's this is this is I know you compare it to the to the Sixers. I'm not saying it's the same level because the 07 to 012 Phillies. I mean that was should have been a dynasty. If they won more championship and that would have gone down as one of the best teams in baseball. But only one ring in five years is going to take them away from whatever. But 
this team gives me this divide in the sense that like I watched the 90, was this the 93 Phils maybe? No, I think it's like the 08 Phillies championship year because this is the same feeling I have when like when we went down uh four to three uh six to four in that last game in, in, in game in game three rather. Game yeah, and we just kept coming back. I was like, yeah, we're down, but seventh inning, like we're gonna we're gonna like we're gonna win this game. Like I I Yeah, you just never you just never like lost any doubt. It's done. Like even when it was four nothing, it's like I was driving home and LA's like, well, you know what they say, get them all out in the first because you got nine innings to get them back. Yep. And it's like we did. We just chunked and chunked. And, we and got most of them back in the bottom of the this first. This team is so <laughs> stacked. Like my one of my favorite Phillies that's just growing on me leaps and bound is Bryson Stock. Like this kid is like a poor man's Chase Utley. Yeah. Like, it's just like any like anyone in this lineup. He just needed like, a shot, man. He it, just needed just, a chance. It's just like I mean, it's just insane. And not that like you know Bryce doesn't have to hit every single game for us to win. But when he is like hitting the shit out of the ball, it's just like everybody fucking feeds off him. And I'm not trying to say like he's like a rah rah cheerleader, but man, he really is that like that spark plug in the you know to, to, to fire this thing up. And now, like if we got JT kind of rolling, Reese is going, Kyle's just gonna be Kyle. He's gonna hit a bomb or strike out, but that's fine. You know, I, I if Boom's not gonna hit, I wouldn't mind him leaning into a pitch or two on a no two count. I mean, come on. You know, you know, you know, like we're we're gonna be playing the best team in baseball. I mean, like we can't. We had a few games where we had like first and third no outs and didn't get like we can't have mistakes against the Astros. Like we can't have the Reese Hoskins bonehead. No, like, like this team, this team's so good. Slip ups. Like they're like us. Like yeah, they have Alvarez and Bregman are their big two that could just kill you. So you can't let them get bat with two three guys on because they're both you know just are, are bombers. But they're but they're like us. They got like this guy Pena. He's like maybe gonna win rookie of the year. Guy's like a monster. He's like it just their team is full of like guys that can beat you. So it's it and their pitching is pretty freaking solid. Like if not one of the best. So it's but again like I'm not like intimidated. It's like they got to face. I mean Kyle Schwarber's our leadoff hitter and he had 46 home. I mean what do you do? I mean and then you got Reese who's rocking the ball. Okay, yeah, no three's JT, four Bryce. Five is that piece of shit. I don't want to say his name. We're going to pass him our five-hole hitter. Number six, you know, Boone's not really hitting. But then you got Segura and Stott. And then, I don't know, like, do you think we're going to give Verling a shot or, you, or do you keep going Marsh? Because Marsh couldn't hit a, can't hit a fucking Marsh thing. can't, yeah, Marsh can't. I mean, for, I don't know what, what happened. He just lost. He, well, it's like he forgot how to hit. But the really good center field, so, I mean, if that's what Yeah, like, that's the... And like I'm looking at like what you guys were talking about earlier. I'm looking at the dimensions. It is such a weird outfield. Like I, if that guy doesn't get a single hit in the in the, in the entire series, but he, nothing drops in front of him, okay, I'm, that's a trade I'm willing to make. Like no, he, he's he's pretty solid because he he covers for Kyle and Nick's not a was whatever, but he really covers for Kyle and left in that left center gap. So you know, I yeah. guess he, he's, I mean, and like. The the left field porch is 315 feet. That's what I mean. It just I think it, it's just one of those. It's weird also 21 feet. feet. It's 21 no. feet tall. Yeah, it's like yeah, it's one of those because they have those like that those brick those bricks up, and then they have like seats kind of between them. I think. But no, no it's, a, it's a stadium where I can just see us smacking doubles off that wall. And, oh yeah. You know, so I mean, I think it's just 
you know, it's pretty, it's, it's been a pretty, and another similarity, and I, I, I don't think I'm wrong. Our World Series year. We're, we're never wrong on this podcast, Bill. It's 100 for 100% of the time, no spin. Um, uh, in the World Series year, I'm almost positive every series that season, we won, we won game one and lost game two. Every, and the same things happened every series. We, except for the Cardinals, but Brave, we won game one, lost game two. Padres, we won game one, lost game two. Game one would be freaking huge. Just get one in Houston, keep that mojo flowing, because then it just takes that pressure off of game two to where, yeah, I don't know. I really think, I, I guarantee the Astros were begging for the Padres to win that series somehow. Because the Phillies, I, I don't know, man. I'm, I'm, I'm feeling pretty good about this team. Like, they're just, it's just fun to watch. Oh, boy. <clears throat> well, and what's the beauty of baseball? It's a, it's a game of hot and cold. When you're on, you're on. When you're off, you're off. And getting hot at the right time. I think the team. I mean, look at look at the Braves last year. Girardi's ass so bad. They all want to fucking text him a ring and be like, "Hey, jerk off." You could play music after a win in the locker room. Are you fucking kidding me, dude? We're athletes. We're pro athletes. You're like, you know, no facial there. Get the fuck out of here. Like all his bullshit. Where, where is Girardi right now? Is he up like, getting six million dollars fishing somewhere? So good for yeah. him. <laughs> doing the Dougie P. Yeah. The former yeah, um, then. Yeah, no, I mean, Matt Rolls fucking Matt Rolls getting paid 60 some million and he's got like four, three years left. So, I mean, teams are insane. It's insane. That is one thing that, of course, you know, that I did say a while back about the team when they lost Girardi, how they were done. And, I mean, hats off to Rob Thompson for what he's done. I mean, you, people don't talk about it enough. I mean, all the hype's going to go towards Bryce Harper, of course, because he's the superstar and, you know, the rest of the team. But, man, what he's doing is kind of unfathomable when you think about it. So, I mean, hats off to him as well. Yeah, the absolutely. Right absolutely. He, hasn't, he has not made a mistake. Well, he's just giving the right guys the opportunity. I think game four of this series, we should have started sending the guard again over a falter deep. I think yeah. guard – Again, that's, you know, I was high, rushes back 20, whatever. But so Noah did good against the Braves. That was three innings. Why wouldn't you do that again? You know, he's, he, and, and Falters never started. It's like, uh, again, we won. So, you know, never, again, it's being nitpicky. But hopefully maybe we uh, we learn from that. But we'll see. That, that was my only questionable thing that I ever, that I've seen. That I'd be like, oh, what are we doing here? But. Hey, it worked out. Reese Hoskins hit what two 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 run overs that game. Yeah, that was, I mean, yep. he won in the first, and then he hit the one in the. Uh, that one in the second was in or was in the sixth or seventh was insane when he tied it back up. Oh my god, oh my god, so good, so good. It's almost like watching another team play play, play a sport in this city. That's won some games. I don't know how they're doing this. On a Sixers, the Sixers, not those Jagmos. No, you know. Everyone, everyone's uh, everyone's like Twitter on this podcast. They're out on the Sixers already. Four games in. The uh, most funny thing is that every like, all you see on Twitter is like them people like tweeting the the um uh, or they're they're tweeting pictures of Topper to the Sixers. Like, mm-hmm. man, you guys are savages. Not thoroughly. Look at their like they're. I I, I just I'm I'm kind of wrapped in baseball and football primarily, so it's. 
and disc golf. I mean, that takes up 80% of my time. Well, that's me. just it. So, I mean, I mean, I mean Bill, I mean, Bill, you got to give us the update. I mean, no, oh, no, oh, no one wants to know this. All right, all right, but everyone no. wants to know, but everyone should know this. If they're somewhat interested in disc golf, I found out that the state of Delaware has one of the oldest, if not the oldest disc golf course in the world. So I'll tell you which one it is, but it's in Delaware. Probably adds, adds property value, that in dollar bills. I mean, it, it, it might be Henlopen because that's I know that that course is like really old. But yeah, one of the oldest, if not the oldest in the world. Hey, listen, it's one of the most oldest, timeless things for man. It's being outside and walking in nature. I think it was in the, seven, in the 70s. It was right, why don't you start hiking, okay? It's what you're it doing. Is. It's, it's like hiking. It's like hiking with like frisbees. Okay. Yeah, and then it's everything else. You just start throwing, it and you're like, "Oh man, I want to get." And then you get competitive, and it's just like, "I'm gonna be, I'm gonna be uh, a YouTube star on the on uh, this golf tour." We'll start yeah. the forfeit podcast um, uh, segment about uh, being out in nature. How about that? I like to say, I, I, we should we should sponsor a tournament. Uh, like the ones in Jersey don't get a lot of national that attention. sponsorship. Will get pulled so fast. <laughs> we, we can do Iron Hill in Delaware. I think that's in like Newark or Wilmington. Um, they, they they didn't do it this year. This year they didn't put that on the on the tour for some reason. It wasn't an A tier event. It was the last couple of years. So I'm not sure. Maybe if there was something happened if they re- redesigned doing the course. But yeah, usually they have a stop in uh, good old uh, the four. Isn't Delaware the first state? Sure was. Sure was. Oh, sure is. Sure. Yeah. Sure, yeah. I don't think that's changing, right? <laughs> No, I mean, you know, to go to, to kind of go back to the NBA real quick as a whole, I try to get it. I mean, you know, as Jesse would say, baseball is his first love. Basketball is my first love. And it's like I just with with all this Phillies heat right now and the way the Eagles are, are humming, it's like I just, you know, what basketball, you got, you know, we, we've got 70 some more games to go. I, I'm basketball will be there I, I i just i try to get into it everyone is just like bill said finding their legs which is unfathomable to me for some reason i don't know why i mean well, I, I get it like fat schlubs like us who like play once a week or whatever trying to get back into like you know basketball shape yeah we don't have our legs these guys this is like their livelihood they should have their legs at all times not I'm to sorry. defend Joel Embiid because I'm, I'm not a proponent I'm of defending him. I'm not defending him, Joel Embiid for a second right now. I'm sorry. So apparently Joel Embiid um, had plantar fasciitis during the summer, which yeah. is quite amazing to me because it, it sounded like he really didn't do any sort of working out during the summer. Now I'm speculating. He but, must have got it from filming that Google, all those Google commercials <laughs> with uh, Giannis, you know? But it's it's very it's it's I think it's the one thing that if we went back to the tape from like our first or second, third episode, and even I remember um, our our resident NBA insider, uh, Joey Dark, talking and defending Joel Embiid. And we talked about Shout how out to Joe. Love he, you, Joey. He doesn't have um, he never is never healthy. He's the Carson Wentz of of uh, basketball. And, and this is a perfect example. Like you you watch him and he's like. The problem with them, he's on the floor all the time, flopping around that. And by the time that ball's inbounded, he is like a drunk 
I don't say drunk giraffe, but like a, a loafy yeah. giraffe yeah. at the half court line. By yeah. the time like and uh, Harden has the ball up, or Maxi's like almost really in transition, they got to slow it down because he's still back there. Now, I listen. I, I don't know how you get in how you get these guys in game shape quickly, but it it's um it's concerning already, which it <laughs> really shouldn't be. Yeah. But when you look at the NBA as a whole, like I was watching, I've been watching the last couple nights of basketball. And there's some excitement. Well, see, I, I didn't feel that way. I thought that that Golden State Suns game was really good. Now, again, yeah. we're talking got about a little chippy, got a little chippy there, got a little chippy. And then, like, watching John Morant, like, listen, the NBA is going to be in good, good hands in the next like five years. Oh, the yeah. big thing, did, did, you hear the, did you hear the big thing uh, about your best buddy Stephen A today? What he said, <laughs> what he said, uh, the Lakers need to trade LeBron James because he is the only thing they have of value. Now, well, talk about an interesting idea, right? Yeah. Where does LeBron James get traded to if they, which I don't think they're going to do, but they're not going to. They're going. They'll trade everyone but LeBron James. But man, what a what a what a good idea! And Stephen A. He knows the right things to say to get his ratings up and get people retweeting, right? But that's it. Um, yeah, that's the name of the game. But yeah, I mean, but he could have a small point, you know. Um, I don't know. I is LeBron a couple seasons away from like having to like having someone consider maybe him coming off the bench, you know? I, uh, I, no, I don't. I don't think he's. I, I think the problem is the people around him. Once again, like Anthony Davis. That's his doing, back, right? That's his doing. Well, I mean, he's not the GM, but, you know. Well, but, you know, he gets the GM, any GM fired or head coach fired that doesn't want to, you know, listen to him or or get what he thinks he needs, right? I, I think the biggest problem with teams that he's on is that the NBA players don't want to play with him, whether it be because— There's only one basketball. Well, that, and there's also that stigma that comes with being a— player or on a team with him that's all i mean i still think he's a great player but you know it's it's there's obviously something there's, there's something st- there yes like yes. there's a stigma there there's a funk in the air there's a there's an elephant in the corner that like you can't really identify what it's why it's there or what it you know what it's doing there but it's it's something you when know? when you got guys like uh who do they get um their free agent guy they re-signed his name. I'm sorry. I'm screwed up with his name. Um, was it Lon- well, it's Lon- okay. Well, butt liquor. We'll just call him butt liquor. Uh, wa- uh, was it Walker, Lonnie Walker, Ronnie Walker or something like mm-hmm. they signed him in the off season, but like they don't have, they don't have anybody like off the bench. They got like nobody. Well, they're going to have, they're going to have Russell Westbrook soon. Well, he, I'm sure he's not short for that world either. I think he's got one and a half feet out of yeah. LA. Although he just bought a house across the street from LeBron, which is weird. Well, he's from there, so I'm sure I'm I'm sure he'll, you know, when and when he eventually retires, he'll he'll go back there. But I mean, what a drop off though, that guy! Holy crap! I remember that one game eons ago when he was still on the Thunder with Kevin Durant, mm-hmm. and we got our Sixers seat for you know seventy five cents. Yeah, and. You know, the Sixers looked like they were going to win and they pushed it to overtime. And remember that, John? Like, mm-hmm. oh, Bill was there too. Bill yeah. Bill decided to like show up and I think they actually paid Bill 
to come in and watch the game at that point. That's um, what the ticket guy was given Bill. Why he was given Bill money? Got it. Yeah, but 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 like Russell Westbrook just single handedly came out in overtime. Was just like, I'm gonna take it. I'm gonna win this game. And and yeah. like he was. I never saw anyone move up and down the basketball court as fast as that guy ever. It was like Remarkable. it was unbelievable. I don't know what happened. He still has the explosiveness. He just uh, he's forgot how to finish. He forgot I, how to something's. I, I feel like he's got to be on a younger team that like gets the ball and goes, like transition ball. Yeah, but like it, I, no matter what team he's on, he's still getting to the rim and he's still getting open looks. He's just not making the basket. Like well, I just that in his jump shot. I mean, he's never well. His jump shot's always been pretty poor. Like, yeah. But when he's getting to the rim at will and it's just barely hitting the rim, like, Bill, you got to unmute yourself again, buddy. It keeps going to mute. It keeps muting. The static keeps coming back. The static uh, comes back for like 30 it's seconds. It's the ghost. It's the ghost. It's Halloween week. It's the ghost of Berlin haunting uh, Bill's, Bill's living is it, room. Is it, a, is it a gas leak? I think. Oh, gonna- could be. Um, Russell yeah, could be that good. He's not good anymore. Like I don't know why everybody's trying to candy coat this. No, but what happened, Bill? What happened? He, he, he's old. He he was good because he was athletic and he could jump, could run and jump faster than you. He could never shoot. He never had a foul shot. Was but I still perfect. see him get to the rim. I still see him getting to the rim at will and getting he these open was, looks. Like, he doesn't finish. He 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 can't. Like he can elevate still, like he, like he used to, but he's just he's not good anymore. And he hasn't been good in years. I mean, it's it's like I I respect him. I I think it's horseshit him winning the MVP that year for the triple double because that that whole stat is just so overrated with how guys like teammates help teammates get that and shit. It's but anywho, I I just you know it's 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 just he's not like you know, I'm not trying to say he's not an NBA player. But he's a guy come off the bench and should play maybe 10, 12 minutes a game. He's not that good. Like he's I think, you know, I think John Wall sucks and John Wall's way better than him. Um, in my opinion. I, I just think Russell Westbrook ever are they since, equally are they equal in age almost? They came in the league around the same Russell's time. Russell's a little older. Russell's a little older, a couple like of years. Like by a season or two, right? Yeah, maybe it's two not by months. Months. You know, yeah, I mean they were in the same vicinity, but no, I mean it's like anything else. He's had some injuries, and he's still athletic, but he's um, he he he's just doesn't play defense. He's a turnover machine, always has been. The, the, and it, it's just back in the day, he could just outrun you and score twenty five pretty much on fast breaks and drives. Well, now he just can't outrun people like he used to. He's still I mean, still, but I think he's not going to accept the role of coming off the bench very well with any team. I, you know, you just see it in the way he carries himself and he probably, you know, his stubbornness, he's always been a very stubborn, hard-headed dude. But, like, he might be the next, like, Carmelo Anthony of, like, he's, like, one team away from being, like, like just removed from the league. Like, he's not. I think you're right. I mean, he makes if he doesn't accept the bench role, you know what I mean? That's what I'm saying. Like, if, if he doesn't accept the bench role, like, I don't see anyone who's going to want to, you know, anyone notable that he would want to even go to that would like, 
want him on the roster. He might be out of the league, you know. I, I mean, it's not. I mean, I, I mean, you know, I, 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 is he one of the top fifty or whatever? Seventy-five or whatever. I, I, I mean, he might be. I don't think he should be, in my opinion. But I, I mean, Chad was always a big Westbrook guy. Um, but um, the more I look at that list, is it's the more fugazi it kind of it is. It really is. It really is. I mean, it's just so. I mean, you know, they're so arbitrary. Um, you know, it's it's just so hard, and you know, everybody has their bias. You know, every genre. You know, of course, people people who grew up in today's NBA are going to say LeBron's the greatest. I mean, you know, why shouldn't they? They got to watch his career. They didn't get to see George. So I, I get that. You know. Um, but you know, and, and I'm sure we have somewhat of a bias because we know that the nineties, I mean, we were spoiled. I mean, the nineties NBA was without a doubt, the greatest decade of the NBA, maybe the mid to late eighties was the start of it, but we were fortunate. It was definitely the start of it. I mean, anywhere before that, like you had games on tape delay. That's what I mean. And just like. You had more teams that could win it. Like back in the seventies, there was like always like maybe two or three really good teams. Yeah. But like come like you know when Bird and basically Bird and Magic, they the league. they rebirth they they re- rebirthed the league pretty much. You know, and you know, and then you know, then you sprinkle in Isaiah and Jordan, you know, and those kind of guys and Ewing, and just you know that's when the star power really hit. The entire so dream team, like, essentially. By the late '80s, early '90s, when we were kind of getting in the ball, we got. I I I feel like the both the peak of college basketball. We got like the peak of Duke, UNLV, like so, Michigan. Tech, so yeah. many good teams, Michigan and like like teams that were together for like three four years, where you just saw them. Like we had the peak of that, and then we had the obviously the beginning of the drawer. Like I mean, I, I can remember the first time I saw the the like Mike commercial. It was like, oh, oh, yeah. it was just so like, you know, and so it's for us, it's like, I don't know. I, I don't know if anybody in my generation or our, my, my, our generation, like whenever I hear people say, oh, LeBron, it's like, you just stop. Like, you're just trying to kind of be in with everybody. Like, cause, well, it was the first time we saw a player actually become a brand. Like, you know, before that, you had players had sneaker deals, right? Like Magic, Bird, Julius Irving, they had their Converse deals. They had their soda deals, stuff like that. But like, this is the first time you saw a player's name become like a brand. We had Jordan rules. Like we witnessed, you know, the unspoken Jordan rules where he got to kind of get that third step to get to the lane for those crazy layups. And, you know, he, you know, he, he could push. I mean, you know that, I mean, that game winning shot against Utah against Brian Russell. It's like, well, I love it. It's fun to watch. But it's like, let's just watch how hard he pushes them off his thigh. He's like, get off me, youngin. And but yeah, like, I mean, oh. I, I honestly think guys like Giannis and you know LeBron, even like they wouldn't be able to do what they do, like you know, push off like it's they. Funny do. you bring up Giannis, and I, and and I don't want to go. I mean, I, I I I'm sorry, I don't want to hijack the uh, the show and go off segment, but I. It's saw, okay. We'll just we'll mute you again if we. I saw to. this YouTube Bye. video, um, and. I don't know how, how it came across my like recommended thing, but it was it was Giannis and they weren't together. They were doing this separate interviews recently. Giannis and Luca each said basically the NBA is a joke. European basketball is ten times harder. The court's bigger. There's people who know how to play basketball. They're skilled. It was like insane. And Giannis is like, yeah, dude, it's it's like the NBA. I can do whatever I want. He's like, in Europe, it's hard. 
people. I can't say I disagree with him. And it was like it was like, and he was he's like he's like I'm not trying to be different. Like they weren't and Duke was like he's like I'm not trying to be whatever. He's like, but look at it, it's true. Last year, for the top five MVP candidates, and including the winner, Jokic, Embiid, Luka, Giannis, all four, four, four of the five were four, and the fifth was Durant. So four of those five were European players, uh, in the non-American players. I mean, like you see the trend, the elite guys, because they learn the game the right way. They're not full of that, you know, of that hero ball crap. This is how you get a, a ride to Duke crap. It's, it's, this is how you play the game. And if you're really good, your skill set will obviously elevate you and we'll notice it. Well, and that's, the, it's, yeah. And like to, to piggy off of that a little bit, I watched, I was watching that Dallas game the other night with, um, you know, I tuned in to see Zion. Oh wait, Zion was, wasn't playing again. Oh wow. Imagine that. Um, but it was the Pelicans. Did you see No. He basically landed on his back. Oh, that <laughs> sucks. Um, uh, any, anywho, Dallas and New Orleans. Uh, and I'm just watching. Look, and again, it's early in the season. I get it. But I don't, you know. But you look at a lot of the European players. Like, Jokic is the same way. You look at these guys, and it's like, they look like any one of us. Like, in the men's league, you know, like, coming out, like, like working a 9-to-5 desk job. And they've got like the super dad bod, but these guys just fundamentally are so locked into the game of basketball. They know they they've mastered spacing. They know where to be on the court. They work all the angles the right way. And they just they don't look like they're going to do much. But somehow they get to the rim or they get the ball to the right guy. They they their their court vision is impeccable. And it's just. Yeah, Bill, like it, I think it just ladders up to what you said. Like they've come from a breed of like fundamentally sound technic, like the technicians over there in Europe that just play the game the, the right way. And the like, they don't, they, they, they don't have to rely on freakish athletic ability. And these guys are athletes. They're athletic. I'm not downplaying that, but like, you know, they're not, there's only going to be so many Jean Morant's that can jump through the stadium. No, you know? I mean, I agree. I, and think, I think it's funny you mentioned him because I think he's one of the most fun players to watch, but I, without a doubt, think he's one of the most overrated players in the NBA and he's just not in it, but he just has those wow plays and he's like Iverson quick. He can jump. But when you really watch him play, he's a really poor shooter. He's a turner. He's always top of the league in turnovers, but those things, Oh, it's okay. It's okay. He scored 27. And jump through the ceiling to do, on those two dunks. Sorry, he had nine turnovers and five fouls, and you know. But it, and again, they win games. So, he, and, and again, he's a top NBA player. I'm not trying to discredit that. But the NBA's turned into wow, like you said, Matt. I can jump high and dunk, and you know, do these crazy passes. But oh yeah, I had 11 turnovers. But hey, so what are you going to do? You know, it happens. It's like that. I, com- I completely. I'm going to cut you off. I completely disagree with you about John Morant. I completely okay. disagree with you. Tell me why. I mean, he, Tell me how he's a good shooter. And he doesn't turn all over. Tell me how he's a good shooter. I'm not going to tell you how he's a good shooter, but if we're going to talk about stats, I mean, right now he's averaging like 35 points a game. I don't give a shit if you shoot 50 for 100, as long as you're winning and, and 
having that kind of stat line, that's a pretty impressive stat line. I don't know if anyone in the NBA right now has more point is averaging more points than it. I but the the idea that he can jump out of the what well, the things you were saying he can jump out of the gym. He's exciting to watch. Are the things that we as fans are missing from the old LeBron James the the uh, the um, the things that we yearned from from the Jordan era are what John Morant actually brings a little bit of excitement. I'm sitting here watching the the Nets Mavericks game, and you're talking about like European guys and Luca. I think Luca's a, a a really good player, but I don't. I think we're far away from international players like ruling this league. Um, well, how would no? How would the hell for the top five MVP candidates foreign players? That that doesn't matter. I don't say it doesn't matter. I mean, they're they're good players, but I don't think they're going to be like the faces of the NBA. I think the guys like John Morant, Devin Booker in the next five years are going to be the face of the NBA. Don't get me wrong. Giannis will still be up there, but no one's overtaking Steph Curry. Um, you know, and I said like Booker, uh, Morant, um, those players like. So Joe, the two time MVP, Joel, the two time runner up in the MVP. Giannis, the two-time MVP, mm-hmm. Luca, numerous like these guys are right. And again, you're exception is the best player in the NBA. I think we can all agree. Well, not not that that's an arbitrary comment. Um, I do agree. Steph is still like the gold standard. He's you know, and then guys like that. But I, I mean, you just can't. Say, I mean, every. I mean, with with the, with the exception of the Warriors. I mean, look, you know, look at you know, the, you know, look at so many of these teams that poor guys. I mean. You know, I mean, look at, you know, the Grizzlies, Stephen Adams. Again, I'm not trying to get nitpicky, but like every team has like two, three solid European guys who are contributors. And 10 years ago, that wasn't the case. And my thing is, it's not going to happen overnight, but another 10 years, half the league going to be probably better foreign players if we're on this pace. And like, we thought that when Tony Kukoc was here too, but it didn't like. No. Well, I think Pippen and Jordan ripped the soul out that first, that one practice. I just think if 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 people and the comment that that you made about European players and how if Giannis and Luca think that the NBA is like the G League compared to European players, then why aren't teams going over to Europe and getting guys right now and signing them right now to help them win championships? I mean, I think they're trying to. Well, trying to and doing them like like if if it was me and I owned the Lakers. And what you're saying is there's so many good European players. I would be going over there and just write blank checks to people, but I just don't think it's there, there's a reason why. Regardless, well, the other reason, I mean, part of you know, part of the reason too, and and, and this isn't, I you know, I don't want to just blow smoke, but I know there's been a few times when guys don't want to come to play in America. Like if you're from Turkey, Slovakia, like you don't want to, you know, I'm like, you know, America is the greatest country in the world, but some guys that don't. But again, again, I'm not trying to say America's trash. But I can definitely say the NBA product is not. I don't think it's good. I think it's mediocre. I I watch it because I'm a Sixers fan. I watch the Sixers. Um, it's tough watching NBA games. I mean, I'm looking at your boy John Moran. He's never played. He's played 60 games in his career once. So how come it's okay for him to play 57 games a year? But when Joel does it, oh well. I mean, Joel, he's got to stay healthy. But John Moran, he can play 57 games a year, and that's okay. How how many years has Joel Embiid been in the league? Seven or eight. How many years has John Morant been? In the four league? years. He's never played. He's never played more than sixty-seven okay. games. Four years. Oh, so, 
Joel Joel's played double the amount of time and still doesn't play. Yeah, but I've not heard one person question Ja like durability. So the guy in his first four years can't play a full season, and he's twenty something. But that's okay because. But when Joel can't play, oh, well, I mean, you know, the guy's just injury prone. That's all I'm saying. I I, I have an issue with Jai because he's already getting a double standard. And yeah, they had a pretty good season last year, but they didn't win shit. They got as far as the Sixers mm-hmm. have ever gotten. And everyone's like, I, I I just hate how like to me he's like Derrick Rose. They they noted Derrick Rose, the next it. And then mm-hmm. it sucks that he got hurt. He was fun to watch. Well, like, and that's that's the thing I was gonna comment on is the way Ja plays, I can see turning on Sports Center one morning and hearing Ja Morant, you know, serious knee injury, serious leg injury, just because of how explosive he is. And he's kind of, he's kind of the way he contorts himself and the way he just, he, tr- he just has no, I don't know what the word I'm looking for. Just for record, I think he's a good dude. I think he's no, he's not, a good kid. No, he's a good kid. He's very talented. I, I just the way I just don't like how quickly these guys get anointed in the NBA. Yeah, as like oh, you just gotta crazy. not listen to the smoke. That's all. But I mean, like when you you're look right. at the when you you're look right. at the NBA through a telescope and you're looking ahead, you go, everyone's sort of sick and tired of the Warriors. They're so dominant. Okay, they're like the Spurs of the 2000s, right? We're going to watch the demise of them shortly, if not after this year, maybe the year after that. And then what does the NBA have? They have an aging LeBron James who, like we've all been discussing here, may or may not be in the league in the next five years. You have Kevin Durant who, to your point. Same situation. Same situation. You know, Steph Curry still the guy. Giannis, okay. Luka's Luka. But then Devin Booker, John Morant, and – like that's the exciting future of the NBA. Like that to me is like, well, Zion, we right? Can't it, watch, it, we can't watch the NBA because no one likes it. But like, you got to watch those guys. Those are the guys that are like making the NBA fun to watch again. Yeah. Well, I, I tend to right now at this moment in time, I tend I tend to agree with what Bill said in terms of the NBA as a whole. I've been saying it over the past couple of years. I've just seen the quality, the overall quality of the game kind of slip. And it's been on both sides, I feel like, are responsible. I think it's the, the way that these the, the league allows the games and the league to be officiated and also um, just, just the quality of play. Um, I feel like, you know, we've, we're letting a little bit too much of this N1 culture while it's exciting and fresh and 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 fun to watch at times, I feel like there's a time and place for it, and I just feel like it's it's overall hurt hurt the quality of the game. Again, I'm an old I'm an old dude, you know. I'm stuck in like the golden era of basketball, like Bill said. I I if 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 you told me the NBA like hung it up tomorrow, and all I'm left with is YouTube footage of like 90s basketball games i'd be i would be a pig in shit you know but like if that's not that's not the case i mean this this league is far from i mean i feel like leagues like the nfl and even you know have taken the blueprint that david stern you know started mapping out 30 some years ago when they were bringing looking at guys like tony kukoc and they were looking at guys like drogen petrovich and they were looking like at other like foreign guys 
to try to break through around around the world where they knew basketball was love. Yao Ming, Earth. <laughs> Yao Ming, but it it just wasn't getting the it just wasn't getting reciprocated from the United States, <clears throat> and I feel like the, the the game has exploded over the past you know thirty some years, um, and that's a pretty short amount of time to grow the way that the NBA has grown. Now, my final thought, because I know we want to get to some birds talk, um, and you know, I, I, I just want to like like leave this little nugget of of uh, <clears throat> of um, knowledge, not knowledge, but just like just food for thought. Is the three point shot now, which has breathed recently breathed new life into the NBA over the past ten years or so, with like you know the Splash Brothers and everything. Is it now ultimately starting to hurt the game? Because I'm starting to see, you know, so many people are, they have to have a three-point shot. We're seeing, like, the Joel Embiid's and the Jokic's and the big guys, like, all of a sudden having to, like, somehow, like, they they feel like they have to have a three-point, everyone has to have a three-point shot. Well, what does that do to the rest of the game, which we all know is so, is, is such a deep game. I mean, there's the mid-range shot. There's foul shooting. There's, there's the, there's the, there's the play in the paint. You know, like I feel like all the all those other dimensions of the game are suffering, and we're really starting to see that with, with, in various areas around the league. And I feel like it's because everyone's worried about they got to have a three-point shot. They got to have a three-point shot in their game. It's like something that is kind of you know. At, you know, gave this league another uh, dimension and all this energy over the past decade or so. I feel like now it's starting to. It could potentially. I'm starting to f- feel like it's hurting it. Um, it I is. Mean, it's making the product bad because what's happening is guys are inbounding the basketball. They're going to half court. They're not moving. Guys and they're dribble, shooting from the logo, dribbling <laughs> off, dribbling off a screen at the top at the top of the key three point line and just firing up a shot. And then the that. That team rebounds and does the exact same thing. Now, yeah, there are some guys that can get to the basket at will, and they do. But this game is predicated right now on the three-point shot. I mean, just I'm sure you can look at the, I mean, look at what Steph Curry has done in the NBA already in his career, and even Clay. You can even throw Clay Thompson in there, even though he was injured for two or three years. But what his stats are, three-point shooting, and how quickly he past Ray Allen and Reggie Miller and guys that had like, you know, huge long careers in the NBA. It's remarkable. Absolutely. Yeah. I just, I just, it dawned on me the other night when I was watching yet again, like the, in that Dallas game, for some reason, I just, I just don't know why I was like the three point shot is just, it's starting to like, you know, erode other assets of facets of the game and, that like that that I love about the NBA. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Um, I don't know. We'll have to bring this back up again when we. We'll have to we'll have to bring it back up because the uh, I, I think when you mentioned the and one um, talk about this, the, the NBA I think is very a very interesting. Uh, oh, thing we, to can, talk about. we could we could we could waste another yeah. half hour of Jesse's <laughs> life talking about that too. Um, <laughs> <laughs> Jesse, thoughts on the three-point shot? Matt, I almost died two weeks ago. I don't want to talk about basketball anymore. <laughs> okay. All right. Well, you can see nothing's really changed here, Jesse. Um, on to the birds. All right. 
Eagles make a trade. Um, Howie's at it again. Who's got their Who's got their Who's got their pen and paper out? Who's Who's writing an apology letter to Howie? I feel like it's yet again forfeitos, yet another apology to a Philadelphia sports. All the team. letters come here. I'm the president of the fan club. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, two years ago, I I said these next two drafts were the most important in in a long time. Howie needed to hit on both of them, and sure as shit, he hit on both of them. Like you look at the the last two drafts. And it's and and it was the thing that John and I would always battle about is he he drafts guys and they're they're bench guys or they're cut and he has no you know he'll have one home run in a draft and now you look at, at those last two drafts it's starter 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 good enough to start can't beat out the starter but that's what he's been doing in the last two drafts and his free agents his free agent moves have been phenomenal. No, granted, Slay is, you know, the tail end of the two-year thing, but Slay and Bradbury picked up for not a ton between the two of them. Um, and then uh, uh, Chauncey Gardner-Johnson is has been playing great, and they got him for next to nothing. Um, it, he's been doing great, and he, he just – the one place that you – one of the places you could say that we were short after um, – uh, Barnett went down was end and he shorted up with a guy that was, I think I saw something like he was the second or third most double teamed defensive end this year in the league. Like no team is going to be able to double him because if you double him, you're going to have, you know, Fletcher Cox's washed ass trying to do something. But the, the whole, that whole defensive line is going to force the teams to not be able to double him anymore. And yeah, I mean, Howie with no money too. So it doesn't even hurt our cap. So Howie still has money to hopefully get, you know, either Bradbury or, or Gardner Johnson or one of those guys signed to a deal at some point, they're going to have to figure out what they're going to do with, with Hertz at the end of the year. Now I'm seeing, you know, Alvin Kamara, uh, stuff on Twitter left and right that the Eagles are apparently trying to fleece the Saints. I mean, what was for, the what was the more Kamara? impressive thing about this deal? The fact that we got, you know, Quinn for a fourth round pick, or the fact that we also oh oh by the way, you have to eat like most of his most of his contract. Well, how about the, the fact that they took the the pick that they got for Jalen Rager and turned it into Quinn? Yeah, I mean, you look at what how he's done, and and to take it a step back, right? Gardner Johnson and 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 Quinn starters. How he got both of them for a fourth and a fifth round pick, like that's phenomenal. That is phenomenal. So I think, I think it also shows how how yet the draft is very important to building a roster. It isn't always the um. It isn't always the uh, exact science that we all think it is because we right. can take a fourth round pick. We can get, we can get a, we can take a first round pick and Jalen Rager turn him into a fourth round pick and then take that fourth round pick and then deal it to get a defensive end. That's you know, called granted, granted. He's, he's, he's older, but you know, he's, you know, 
He's had a few seasons with 13 and a half sacks and so on and so forth. But this season, 18, 18 and a half last year. Yeah, he had. He's yeah. only had one in seven games this year so far. But still, I mean, there's they, there's they're doubling him. Like that's the thing. Like you look at the rest of the the Bears defense, and it's hot garbage. It was him and hot garbage. So like, they're not going to be able to double him on this on this on this on this team. They're not. So question and, for and you guys. Question question for you guys. Did this bye week come at the right time for the Eagles? I mean, we had a bunch of linemen that, that had gotten nicked in the last in the last couple weeks. Um, that Lane didn't have to get stressed out trying to clear clear protocol. He just cleared a half out like a couple hours ago. Lane cleared. Um, so I mean, we we did have a couple guys that were were dinged up. So. I mean, you'd probably like so that's to see all the off, two later. That's all the off-field stuff that it was good for. But how about the stuff that was happening on the field, the momentum that we had? You know, I, I mean. Well, I would much rather have that by later in the year, personally, because now you're, you got a long season ahead of you. You know, you don't, you know, right now you're, you're hoping for that 18-week bye. Strength you know schedule, about. however, does seem to work in our favor still. Yeah, definitely. So you got that. Yeah, I mean, it doesn't, it doesn't hurt that we're not. We're not playing, um, you know, a legendary Steelers team this weekend. Like, mm-hmm. we we should be able to we should be able to handle them. Which was ironic because Matt, you brought up the uh, the Google Doc that we made, and one of the one of the things somebody put in there was, was it okay that we passed on Kenny Pickett? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I, was not that me. Was. I wonder who that was. <laughs> it was not me either. But I mean. The, the one thing that I think is interesting is the Kamara move because like he's on a big money. He's on big money. The rest of the, the rest of his contract. And I mean, he would be a game changer in this offense. Like, cause none of our, none of our backs are really can do what he can do. But I, I would be shocked if the saints it would certainly help my fantasy team. <laughs> Just throwing that out there. My lips are sealed. I can't say anything about fantasy. <laughs> I mean, yeah. at one point, I had, what, six guys on my bench all on IR. So I think I have six losses right now. <laughs> I, I mean, it's been a weird and interesting fantasy season so far to say the say the least especially when the beantown burritos won't uh, accept any of my fucking fit trade requests now you have fat chance of that <laughs> no he's too busy getting his ass whooped by me by my um shitbag team Uh-oh. and you're on mute bill because you know <laughs> the ghost of berlin's past that's what you get for killing for killing Hank the humble bumble. Oh no, dead? that wasn't Bill. That was that was his that was his roommate. Is he still is he still Hank, in the Hank is Hank ha, has been surgically repaired. Let's just say that. I don't think I'm done. Yeah. That's Hank what the surgically. that's what the that's what yeah. the sound is. It's it's like electrical interference. I think there was um some duct tape, then I think they that whoever they ran out of duct tape, and then they used like electrical tape uh, for whatever. Hank's fixed. He's fixed. Does he still light up? 
I wouldn't oh, that's, in. that's interesting. That's it. Yeah, we're getting a nod from 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 Wow Bill <laughs> muted. Bill's gonna have him on the front lawn for the holidays. That's right. I mean, small, small brush fire will break out. I'm sure, but sorry. Bill's, Bill's when when Bill needs to bring some some ice cold takes, he's gonna unmute, spit him real quick, and go back on mute. That's it. Ah, <laughs> uh, we always love technical difficulty. I feel like this podcast is one big technical difficulty. We could change the name. Yeah. <laughs> we could. Is it out there? Is it out there? It's by the URL, real quick. Uh, it's kind of long. Technical <laughs> difficulty. <laughs> oh man! Speaking of interwebs, you can always find us or not find us on the interwebs at Forfeit Pod. F-O-U-R-F-E-I-T pod. We're on the uh, Twitters, the um, Instagrams. We need some Twitter polls. Yeah, we need some polls. Oh, let's do a poll. What's a good poll? We could do... Do we want to do a Phillies poll? Yeah, you have to do Phillies. I think so, yeah. So, shout out to one one of my coworkers, or one of our coworkers, Jesse. Um came up with this amazing idea for a World Series premium item mm-hmm. at the, that the, they would give out to every everyone, not just children 12 and under. If this would go out to every single person, it would be a Phillies-branded um, trash can lid and, <laughs> um, and, and, and bat That's that awesome. everyone could, could bang on <laughs> during the game. Uh, how amazing would that be it's not good karma i like the sentiment i like the sentiment but it's not it good would be karma. amazing though they haven't come to philly since that happened right we've only gone there um you you and bill would probably be the only two that would know that um I'm almost positive because they're since they're an American League team now. I'm almost positive. That... Right. Oh, how does everyone feel about the DH? I know there was a lot of people, you know, not thrilled about the National League getting the DH. But had we not had the DH, mm. I don't know if this would have happened. <laughs> I I still hate it, but um, but you love it. You hate but, it. Yeah, I mean, it's, yeah. It I mean, took something. It Bill, took Bill's something from the, the game. Down. It took something from the game, like, and you know, I get like, and I listened to you. I listened as I was recovering, coalescing after my my uh, helicopter ride two weeks ago. I was listening to to the podcast, um, in the in the hospital bed because I was not I was not permitted to watch the that Phillies game, um, eh. And like I get the whole because uh, you guys were talking about the shift, and I get it. But it's like you think about what what dudes do now to to, to left handed batters, and there's dudes that are just throwing fastballs with a, with a ton of movement that you didn't see in the '90s and the early 2000s. They're breaking in on their knuckles at you know 9,800 miles an hour. Like you're not you're not flaring that. To, to left field for a hit, right? You're, you're not, you might be able to drag a bunt up the left field line. If you don't break your hands, trying it, like pitching has gotten so ridiculously good 
that, I mean, I understand why they're doing it because, I mean, there were a couple hits in the, in the Padres series that like off the, off the bat that Harper hit and you're just like, Oh my God, that's a double. Nope. Uh, you know, it was an out to that fucking jag wagon that was in like shallow right field playing, you know, 20 feet, 20, 30 feet past the first baseman. So like, it's, it's one of those weird things. I, I get it both directions. Um, the timer I do like because it will stop these guys from just fucking around. Um, I think down in the minors, it has knocked over a half hour off a game, which is a big deal. Like if you're trying to, to get, especially in the summer with like, you, you've got kids, like little kids and you're trying to get them in there and try to keep them occupied and everything. Like some of these games, you look at the, the box score afterwards and you're like, it was, it was a nine run game and it was, it, it took three and a half, four hours. And like, I, I love baseball and I'll watch a four hour game, but like they shouldn't be the, you know, they shouldn't be the norm. They should be the exception. So I, I get where the, the, the pitch clock is coming from also. So, um, but yeah, and I, I can't, um, stress enough how uh, shitty uh, helicopter rides are. I also think that like when you start to change the rules of games, I think that you, it starts to really, when it can affect like stats and records and things of that nature, I think that's where it gets really weird. I'm not saying that the shift or the DH or any of these things that we're talking about does that. But when we start to talk about things like, you know, um, what am I trying to say here? I'm trying to say that when 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 sports start to change their rules that affect stats, I think that's where it bothers me. It's like if the NBA moved the three point line five or, feet, or they added a five point line. Yes, yes. Like yeah. scoring titles would be ridiculous. Yeah, I mean, like pitcher. Does anyone want to see pitchers hit? Like. I don't know anybody that wants to see that, but again, that's part of the, um, that's part of the game where like you could, if you're smart about putting a hitter in there to, to, to make up for a guy who you're going to pull out next inning anyway. I mean, I don't know. It's part of the chess game. Yeah, it, exactly. It, exactly. It did. The, like the robot, problem. robot fucking, uh, strike zones to me are scary. Like when you start taking things out of that, like that out of the game, that's like really odd to me, but I'm, I'm all for the, bring me, bring me all the robots because these clowns from winning to inning, John, all his stats, he would be, no, he would but be it, all about robots. It's infuriating. You watch the playoffs and from inning to inning, the strike zone is, and sometimes from batter to batter, the strike zone is moving all over the place. Like if you still want to have an ump back there, but have them, have them be like, a buzzer in his ear or something. And it's just like, bro, you know, if, if it's a borderline, we'll, we'll go with your discretion. But like this playoff I've seen, even just in the Philly series, there were some egregious strikes called. Oh, and I it's mean, just that's, like, that's sports though, right? It's, it's an every, it's it, an it, every, it, when it you is, start but, taking that away and you go like, okay, we're going to put something on every wide receiver. So when they get touched by the defense, yep. it's going to yeah. be pass interference. It's like, or the NBA, it's like, I mean, you know, every time yeah, they, they get a wrist, wrist hit like a bell a, a horn's gonna sound yeah. you know it's gonna sound like, like a pinball machine yeah 
<laughs> There'd be no flow to the game. I, I like the idea of like the, the human element of it. Like, okay, if you want to speed up, you know, the Nomar Garcia pairs of the world, you know, you know, fiddling with their batting gloves and tying their shoes on. I said, okay, fine. But like, you know, when, when or, you start that, or, or how, about how about this? How about how about allow? I mean, everyone's so review happy now. How about um, you know, how about if if, if it's a full count or the count's two two, you know, from the from the that point on, pitches can be reviewable. They did. I think they're doing that. They did that. I think at the end of the year in the minors, and it was it was actually the way they did it. Well, no, it was so. The the series I saw it was like a would have been strike. It was like a full count. Ump says take your base, and the 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 catcher just puts his mitt right up in the air, and in real time, the they were like, nope, that was strike. You're out. So they you know they had it ready to go for that pitch that like yeah. you know, and it was just in those instances you put your hand up and. It it worked. Like I don't know how well it would work. 162 games across two leagues, you know. So at that point, we might as well just play in the metaverse. Like that. That's what I don't understand. Like if you have a short, if you have Jose Altuve up to bat and you have Aaron Judge at the bat, it's two different strike zones. Like I don't. It, it's just two different strike zones. <laughs> and I think that's like that's why you have an umpire. You know well, mean? No, I, I mean, I understand there's every strike zone is going to be different for every hitter, but yeah. the problem is the, you know, too often the, you know, the down and in the, the, you know, the inside low pitch becomes a strike for a couple innings and then it's gone. And then it, you know, it's, so I think that's one of the things that, that most pitchers and catchers probably want. It's just consistency. It's like, if you're going to miss that all game long, Fine, miss it all game long, but don't you for dare start side, for both yeah, sides. Don't you yeah. don't you dare start calling it a strike right in the in the sixth inning when we need a hit and I haven't gotten that call all night. Like mm-hmm. that's where, like from a consistency standpoint, or if you you know since there is you know you don't really ever see it when you're watching the game because it cuts to commercials, but there's time in between innings, right? So maybe if the ump misses something egregious at one point in between an inning, they can get a buzz into the ear and then they just talk to somebody. Not, it's nobody ever knows about it, but maybe, you know, maybe somebody else is like, Hey man, you know, you missed, you know, strike, 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 you know, the, the sequence of pitches, you, you need to tighten up the strikes down here. So you could do something like that, even where it doesn't slow down the game if they're doing it in between an inning. And it helps the it would help the the umps to kind of just be consistent be the with the strike zone. Yeah. So exactly. I mean, yeah. I would I would hate to see you know the Phillies lose a game in the World Series because of you know a missed strike three call, right? Where the yeah. where you give where you give the the batter another out essentially, like right. So. Well, my my ticker can't handle that. Nah. Well, hey, feels like the appropriate time to wrap things up. Covered a lot of ground. Um, let's finish strong with a World Series prediction. Game one, game one of the World Series. I got the Phils winning seven to four. I'm going on what Wild Bill said. 
We come out firing. We usually always win the first game. I got the fill seven to four. I say we pull, we get one in Houston. It's in Houston, right? We start yeah. in Houston, right? Yeah. Seven to four fills. Who's next? I think the Eagles win 21, <laughs> 14. Son of a bitch. <laughs> I think it's a touchdown, touchdown game. Kenny Pickett, two picks. Yeah, no big deal. <laughs> I, I got the I, I got the I got the birds 34 34 14. I think that not only do the Eagles win, I think the Phillies win game one. So you got to score. And, uh, I, yeah. I just think pick, I just think, pick two numbers. No, I, I think you're kind of <laughs> right. I think it's going to be something like. Six three, six four. We're gonna. Nolan's gonna make a mistake to out to uh, Alvarez, and he's gonna hit it into the fucking low low orbit. But I think you're right. Like Verlander throws a lot of strikes, and we've got a lot of guys that really love to hit the shit out of fastballs. So, um, Phil six four. And uh-huh. you know the 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 funny thing is that uh, if it goes the distance. And then your your team, the Philadelphia Union, win the Eastern Conference Finals this weekend. You could, you would have MLS Cup being played um, on the same day as Game Seven. So that's kind of um, where kind would of where fly would, out to LA? You fly where out? would J Lo be? Uh, it depends on who uh, wins the Western Conference uh, final. So if L.A. wins the Western Conference final, the final is in L.A. If the Union win and L.A. loses, it's in Philly. Got it. So, Well, so, and again, all kinds of paradigm shifts within the uh, tri-state area here. John, do you have a final score for the Phillies game one? I re- I really don't. I mean, I don't. Uh, okay. Do you think the Phillies are going to win the first game? I I don't. You don't. I don't. Okay. But fair enough. It'll be two to one. Two to one. Okay. <laughs> Bill, do you want to give it. us a? Do you want to hold your hands up? Do you want to come on? W. We got the W. <laughs> you got a score. He's thinking. Thinking, he's thinking, he's thinking, he's looking, he's firing, <laughs> he's firing, he's still thinking. Five, five, five three, three fills. good guys, five, three fills. There you have it, folks. So, um, that for about wraps it up. <laughs> but for more betting advice, <laughs> head over to our other look, look us up on the social media interwebs, um, technicaldifficulties.com. <laughs> Uh, uh, for myself, Metal Matt, Big John Stud, J Lo, Wild Bill, 1098, Go Phils, Go Union, and finally, last but not least, Go Birds.